Welcome to this episode of Profess Hers, a podcast about movies, music, history, pop culture, current events, and literature, all discussed through the perspective of women's issues and feminism. I'm Allegra, and I think my favorite dude, outside of my people I'm related to, is John Irving, the novelist. He wrote The World According to Garp and many other books Misty has never read. That's true. Um, I'm Misty, and I'm going to say my favorite male is uh, Mark Twain. Mark Twain. He's the least problematic one I can think of. He's not problematic at all that I'm aware of, but I'm sure revelations will come out soon. And today we have a guest. A guest. A profess him, if you will. <laughs> oh, that's bad. I'm going to request a name change of the podcast. <laughs> profess of him you and are. Profess him and hers. Does that sound? <laughs> my name is Rick, and my favorite man is the best man, Tom Hanks. Oh, uh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I thought you were going to say yourself. I totally thought he was going to say that, <laughs> Okay. Too. It was nice talking to you all. Uh, <laughs> I see where this is going. I asked Misty specifically, would I be a sacrificial lamb? No, and just she a said, token no. man. Those are different. Those are different. Yeah. So Rick's also a professor. And what do you teach, Rick? I teach federal and Texas government. We have a Texas government class? <laughs> yes. Because it's thanks so for, different thanks for living from in Texas. regular government. The state legislature, Allegra, requires six hours of government. Of course, three of those have to be Texas Well, government. at TCC, we, we do, you know, have federal and Texas. Those are the two options, federal okay. and Texas. Okay. So, Rick is here because today our topic is... Dudes. And since we are not those things, we have Rick. We yes. have Rick to be here as our token So, you have to dude. represent all men. You're speaking for no all men. No pressure. No pressure at all. The whole of your sex. I feel I feel honored and we, flattered. We would feel bad, except women have and nervous have been doing this for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Misty, where do you want to start? Uh, let's start with toxic masculinity. It's one of really? my favorites. <laughs> really easy one. Yeah. I mean, start with let's just softball. jump in. Start with this. So, what is it? Do you want the academic definition or do you want the urban dictionary definition first? Well, I want the urban dictionary of course definition. You do. All right, so urban dictionary says, because you know this is where all good academics <laughs> should start, that this is a term that social science has come up with. It describes a narrow repressive type of idea about what it means to be male. It defines masculinity as exaggerated male traits. Uh, and this includes being violent and unemotional, sexually aggressive, those kind of things. So uh, basically things that would go along with this are real men do this or real men do that or you can have your man card taken away. Okay. What's okay. the academic Thank definition? You. Thank you. Because I need this. Uh, hegemonic masculinity is defined. What's hegemonic as- mean? Oh, Big word. no. <laughs> For real? Yeah. Some people don't know that. Some people in this room may not know that, Misty. So hegemonic <laughs> is when you're the top of a particular chain. So if we think about... Like the western half of the world, the United States thinks it's hegemonic within those nations. We think we're the top dog. Okay, so it's social dominance. I feel like I said that, but in a lot more words. You did. Okay. So it's social dominance. Okay. Toxic masculinity causes males to seek power and develop disdain for homosexuality and a fear of feminism. Is that right? Basically. It can manifest in negative behaviors that are self-destructive or turned outward in the form of domestic violence. Yes. 
What is it though? Like, is it something that everyone has? No, not not everyone. How does how did what is it? Like a social norm, right? It's a set of behaviors and beliefs. It's something that's subconsciously something that is or isn't ingrained in a person as a set of norms and beliefs. Is that right? Yeah, and it happens. From parents passing it on to children, but unconsciously. And also from people learning it from each other in yes. school and culturally through media representation. So a great example of this is if you take infants, a girl infant and a male infant, and they're both crying. Yes. People automatically assume that the female infant is crying because she's scared. And so they'll coddle her and cuddle her, make her feel safe. But if a male baby is crying, it's because he's angry. A baby. A I baby. I, I don't know if I agree with that. The, I'm quoting a study. Well, all studies are correct. All of them are. All right? of them. Was the- it done by a man or a woman, Misty? Um, I think it was a team. Oh, it was a team of people. Joint effort. Um, I, I guess I never made that assumption. I mean, I, I, I've not been around, around a lot of infants, but... I mean, I, you have at least one, I right? have one girl infant, and I, I never said that... I never thought about her gender when she was crying. Or if I'm at a friend's house, I have friends that have little boys or little girls, and I never assume, well, he must be angry or he must... I don't but know. it's supposed to be subconscious, right? Oh. So you wouldn't think about it. I guess. I guess that's right. But I'd I think another example that's maybe a little bit more of is when kids get to like five or six and they fall down. One of the things that these studies have shown is that girls are kind of scooped up and it's okay, it's okay, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. And boys are told what? Walk it off. Walk it off. It's not that bad. Rub some be dirt. tough. Rub some dirt in it. I hope nobody is saying that. People say that because that's how you I get don't know staph to tell infection. You. People say it. You shouldn't do it. Don't do that. Yeah, but also we have to say that Rick, you're probably not a person who has a whole lot of toxic masculinity. I mean, you did. That's agree why you're to here. Come on this feminist podcast. You don't know my intentions. <laughs> <laughs> you're sleep He's for the ages. Fifth column. No, uh, I, I guess I, I can sometimes see the reason why men do what they do. And I, not that I understand or respect it, but I guess I just have trouble seeing that, that specific example of the infants crying. I can see the, the kid falling down. I can see a guy saying, now walk it off. And I, I think I have to say, I think this will get better in future generations. Because I think if we had had this exact same conversation 30 years ago, well, me and Allegra and I wouldn't be in charge of anything. No. Right. <laughs> we would neither be would I, neither, on, neither would I be. <laughs> on Rick's podcast. That's true. Speaking of media representation reinforcing toxic masculinity. Speaking of Allegra's favorite thing. No, I want to talk to you about one of my most hated media entities of all time. That is harsh. Oh, yeah. I hate it. I hate it so much. What is it? My parents watch this show and my mom's like, oh... We can't bring that up in front of Allegra. Can we? Can we guess? Sure. We, we need some hints. Maybe it's a, it's a TV show. Okay. Uh, is there a channel you can give uh, us? Does that give it away? I want to say currently on air or reruns. It's 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 either currently on air or it just finished. Sitcom. Yeah, it has a spinoff. Well, it's not Friends because I know she loves Friends. It has a spinoff. Big Bang Theory. Yeah, it has a spinoff. Yeah, Young Sheldon. I don't know what that is. It's so, the annoying one. Well, one of the, they're all annoying. It's Rick, him as my a, uh, as New Year's resolution is to watch more TV, just so I understand what wow. Allegra's talking Set about. Set dreams high. She's watched uh, The Walking Dead and Bob's Burgers, and that's all. Okay, so I know that a lot of people listening like The Big Bang Theory. I mean, I can tell. It was like the number one TV show for many, many years. So obviously it has fans. I want to start by saying it's fine if you like it. If it brings joy and laughter into your heart, then keep on loving it. I'm not telling you not to love it. Do you watch it, Rick? I've seen maybe one episode. This is going to be like a scorched earth discussion, so you're probably maybe not going to love it as much. Misty, have you ever seen it? I I think I know kind of the premise of it. Okay, so the premise is it's four 
physicists. One of them might be an engineer, but they all work at like a Caltech university in like postgraduate research. Okay, I thought they worked with comic books. So obviously I am not up to date. Okay, so they're all and and I think up at, to date. And I think at <laughs> one point someone on the show is like nominated for a Nobel Prize. What? So they're supposed to be like the leader some of the leaders in their field. Stephen Hawking is one of their idols and he's actually in an episode of the show. So anyway, but they're also very uh what we would call it kind of called nerdy, right? They're into comic books and superheroes. They they have like what pe- people say is Peter Pan syndrome, right? So they wear comic book t-shirts and they're like never going to grow up. They wear <laughs> Misty looks Everyone's down looking at her at jeans and her t-shirt, right? They don't wear suits to work. They're man boys. And like I think at one point someone tries to become a pickup artist and they have a a girl who lives across the hall from them, okay, named Penny, who by the way, lead of the show in every episode never gets a last name yeah this is what you told me about on the last episode yeah, or a, a very that. recent episode okay which so, is crazy i'm gonna add the show to my dvr right now it's just <laughs> okay and would you say like their treatment of women in the show is as sex objects almost exclusively okay so they are so pro- it's not even like they're outside of masculinity therefore they understand women and they are no okay so is no. it funny no. did- i mean i don't think so okay. but I can't, there are some things where I'm like, let me take my feminism off so I can watch, you know, say yes to the dress, whatever. But like, I I can't laugh at the show, ever. The one, the, the, the character, Leonard, who's played by the actor from Roseanne. Oh, yeah, yeah. Johnny Galecki. Yes. He is a little bit more evolved, so he doesn't necessarily. <laughs> he walks upright. Interesting word choice. <laughs> But they are constantly competing with each other, and they are constantly making fun of each other for not living up to a masculine ideal. Instead of saying, hey, it's fine that we're nerdy, and that we can't lift a lot of weight, and that we like comic books. That's okay. It's okay to be that way. It's like, look at you. You're, you're a bigger dork than me. So we, they're constantly trying to create some kind of jerk ner- nerd hierarchy i'm gonna ask a real dumb question okay isn't blossom on this show yes blossom is on the show is she treated the same way so she is a very weird character on the show okay she's like socially awkward so she's so she is also an intellectual she's also a scientist which is oh great a female scientist on tv show but she can't be a normal woman she has to like not know how to be a human in society i like i just said robot arms (laughs) I just feel like y'all need to know that. <laughs> so all the competition is supposed to be seen as good natured. It's supposed to be normal. It's supposed to be inevitable. The reality is that they are a product of social pressure to be to conform to a single model of masculinity. And you can tell because some of Penny's boyfriends are what we would call like the very socially typical model of masculinity. They're big, they're strong, they have blonde hair, know how to dress and act, and they could, you know, pick her up off, they could literally pick her up off of her feet. And so when they make fun of the nerds, that's like the biggest joke of all. It's just toxic. It reinforces every negative idea about masculinity that you can think of. At one point, they use a government satellite to stalk the house of models from a reality show about models. That's creepy. Right? And it's supposed to be funny. They, like, 
Because they have access to government technology and they watch some reality show about models all living together in house and they like to gawk at the women and talk about which one would they marry. And then they use a government satellite to spy on the house to see if they are naked sunbathing on the roof of the house. So, Wild Guess, I'm assuming that the writers of the show are men? Yes. It's okay. Chuck Lorre. It's the same person who made Two and a Half Men. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. He's, he's just spewing toxic masculinity all over the place. So, I remember it, it's got like the, the, the laugh track, right? Yes. This is not one of those yeah. new Arrested Development style. Right. No? Okay. No. Office style, whatever. Um, I, I remember I watched it once. I think nothing else was on TV. And it, it just wasn't funny to me. Right. I didn't think about what you're saying, that it was toxic and that, you know, the the characters were going by these stereotypes that, you know, I guess a lot of people think are still funny. Yeah. And, and it was a highly rated show, right? So they're, they were doing something. They hit on something. So I just Googled it and the show ends this year. So it's still on. I have time to catch up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Ignore your classes. <laughs> Ignore your students. Um, I, I just know, watch this I know, show now. I know a lot of people who read comic books and play Dungeons and Dragons and – at the very initially when they saw the show was coming on or they're into science or they're intellectuals and they were very excited like four non-typically masculine guys who are very smart who are into geeky things let's have a tv show about them they were very excited and then very immediately disappointed because instead of playing dungeons and dragons and making jokes the joke is look those dorks are playing dungeons and dragons <laughs> this this sounds like a show from the 80s or 90s I, right. The the characters, the the plots. Um, you know, Saved by the Bell came to mind. Not that, <laughs> not that that, that show, is the worst show. It's pretty bad. Ever. Also. Yeah. It, it, but, but you're it, right. It sounds like it's 20 years old. You have characters that are just one way. They're yeah. one dimensional, I guess, and it's a stereotypical one dimension. Yes. yes. Um, I'm surprised that you know it went on for how many eight nine seasons? It's been on for a while. Yeah. And it's syndicated. Twelve seasons. Twelve seasons, and it's syndicated yes. everywhere. Yes. And people love it. I mean, some people who are into comic books also love it. Do you have another pop culture example of toxic masculinity? I have so many. Can do you give me a recent one? Do you remember <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when the movie uh, Wonder Woman came out? Sort of. Mm. Do you know about the movie Wonder Woman? It's got a girl in it. Yeah. A woman. And a woman. <laughs> yeah. She's and not 12. And her name is... Wonder Woman? No, the actor, actress. Gal Gadot. Thank you. Her yeah. name's Gal, guys. That's why I was like, that can't be right. Yeah. She was on Saturday Night Live a year or two ago. I never saw the movie, but I saw her, and she mentioned that she was the star of the movie. Um, but yeah, I never, I never saw it, Misty. She's also in Wreck-It Ralph. The yes. as, a, as a cartoon. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I have a three-year-old, so my, I saw, my hey, references I saw, I, are- I saw the movie. They're skewed. Okay. You guys have all seen Wreck-It Ralph 2, but you haven't one. seen Wonder Woman. And one. Cool, 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 cool. So uh, that movie came out and it was a very like amazing moment for a lot of, there are lots of female fans of comic book movies. And this is the first one led by a woman. And directed by a woman, right? Directed by a woman. Starring a woman. I know things. With a woman in the lead action role wearing a non-completely revealing outfit from an island full of powerful women. So it was exciting. And the Alamo Drafthouse Movie Theater had some female-only screenings. Not all of their screenings were female-only. It was like 10 a.m. on Tuesday, right? Come, if you want, to this all-female-only screening of the movie. Because it's like, 
It's an exciting moment to be a woman. It's an exciting female empowerment moment. How you wanna, low the bar is. And you want to celebrate it with other women. Well, the internet, as it does, went insane. Because men were being excluded. Yeah. I don't remember that. Literally screaming and crying all over the internet that they were being discriminated against. Because there was like one place in the world they couldn't go. One single <laughs> showing. Right. There's one place that's not for you. You're being, you're discriminating against us. Well, when the next Spider-Man movie comes out, we're going to have an all-male screening. And like all this uproar because women dared to have a single screening of a single movie just for themselves. Slippery slope. What's next, Allegra? I know. Women, women hosting podcasts. <laughs> uh, please don't. So Alamo ba- Draft House, which, as you know, is one of my favorite places on Earth, didn't back down. They didn't take the screening away. They they got onto Twitter and they were trolling the trolls right back. It was a great moment to see. I'm sure you can find articles that they would give you a play-by-play. Um, but it was very gross and toxic. Absolutely. Because, again, it's not like saying men can't see this movie. It's like a single screening for people who want to do something with women. Right. But there are lots of things. I mean, little things like... You know how there's wet wipes for the bathroom? Yep. There are dude wipes. Yes, there are. Don't go down this road. Why do you need separate wipes? Because they're marketed to me. To, it's, well, it's not. It's not, weird. But to dudes. It's your your anatomy in that area is the same. It's it's very weird. I am not a biologist, or I do not teach anatomy and physiology, but there's got to be something different down there. No. So these these people are. And I think so. I think part of it they appeared on Shark Tank, yeah. right? Okay, yeah. that's part of it. I think is is people go crazy when they see something on Shark Tank. There's the Shark Tank effect of products, even if they don't get bought by an right. investor, yeah. they, they go crazy. Yeah. I think Mark Cuban invested right in, the, in this product. I wouldn't be surprised. Right, <laughs> different topic. Um, it, but it, I mean, Dude Wops is one of many examples, right, of, yeah, of skincare or body I'm care. I'm okay with there being separate products. What I'm not okay with is if the products cost more for one gender than the other. The The problem with Dude Wipes, if you like them, cool, use them. What I don't understand is the, the insinuation here that the wipes that the ladies are using aren't okay for men to use. And it's one thing if you like the Dude Wipes. It's a different thing if you're reinforcing this notion that that we can't use the same things that women use in the bathroom. What was that cologne like everybody in high school used? Axe body spray. I feel like dude wipes have to smell like that, right? If you're going to call it a dude wipe, it has to smell like that. I'm sure it's got a manly scent. There's, or like I remember campfire. The, I remember the Axe body spray ad that was like chocolate. And then the man turned into a bar of chocolate, and then the girls in bikinis just came running and trying to eat him. By the way, that doesn't work. <laughs> I tried and I'm it. Like this is offensive to everyone. Yeah. Like this is a this assumes that men are only taking care of themselves because they're trying to attract ladies. We have to be just drop everything at the smell of chocolate. I mean, it's just offensive to everyone. Why do men need separate haircutting places? So I. Let me start with uh, the dude wipe thing. I think, you know, if, if obviously they're trying to make money and yeah. they saw an opportunity that, that men, maybe they don't use it because they think it's a feminine product. Maybe they don't use it because they never think of using a wipe like that, right? So I wouldn't say that they exist solely because or solely to, to address men who have that issue. 
Okay. With, I, okay. I think that okay. I think that's a fair to fair to say. There probably are a number of men who who get this because you know I, I really want to use a Y, but you know it's it's made for women. Right. Or it's I need women, a, I women need to buy be it. Camel packaging. Yeah, I'm sure we have wipes that are gender neutral yeah. out there that yeah. are not you know like lady wipes or yeah Charmin brand. Charmin brand. They're called Huggies. Just so we're clear. <laughs> Those are gender neutral. Yeah, I, right I do about that. also just want to make a point. It says flushable, but you should not be flushing those. No, please don't do that. They're very bad for your city sewer system. Yes. Just that's completely separate. Dude, but wipe, I felt dude the, wipes as well. All of them. Yes. All of them. The, the the haircutting thing I think is totally different. So in Texas, you, there is a different. There's a barber license. You go to barber school in Texas. Will issue you a barber license, and then there's the the, the cosmetologist. Cosmetology. Yeah. yeah. And the barber school is to train to cut men's hair. And I've never been to barber school. I don't know what they teach well, differently. Well, also, also the shaving thing, right? Yeah, right. There is the single blade, that that type of thing. So there are some things unique to men that, uh, you know, I would trust a barber. Okay, uh, I'm not talking about a barber. Yeah. I'm talking about a lady wearing a Hooters outfit. Oh, the knockouts. Those yeah, places. like sport, sport clips. Right, okay. Why would a man go to... Well, I mean, why do you need them? Why do you like Rick's going to an old fashioned? <laughs> That's it's, great. Right. Even Floyd's Barbershop, which is also a chain, yes. and it's barbers, and it's kind of like it's kind of like a. <laughs> why? Why Rick is that? No idea what Elker was talking about. Like it's kind of hipster. Floyd's Barbershop. Floyd, I know what you Floyd for is. hipster dudes. Right. I mean, dudes want male spaces the same way ladies want female spaces. That's fine. I don't understand like sport clips. It's like a wing restaurant. But it's where you get your hair cut. It's weird, right? Or you're fine with it? No, I'm. I mean, I'm knockout. So there, there's sport clips. There's like different sh- types of these places, and they they seem to be getting more and more extreme. Yeah, it started with sports clips, and you hit, like <laughs> they would point you to. I mean, I went there once, and I was like, "Oh, this is interesting. Let me try this place out." And they would sit you down. And they'd point you toward the TV. Like you have to watch TV. This is what guys want, right? They yeah. Want, and of course, it's, no interaction whatsoever. No. Well, then it, it is women that cut your hair, mm-hmm. right? Um, that's the thing. Why is it? It's all women. It's all women. But now we have knockouts, and that's just clearly, you know, women in scantily clad outfits. And there's probably also the TV sports thing, tying as well. And, yeah, I mean, that that's – I've never been to one, but I, I know what they do there, and I know the type of guy that goes there. I mean – It's a dude bro. Yeah. Yeah. It's a dude bro. <laughs> Compound word. <laughs> um, and I, I, I guess if I really had to think about it, I would probably not hang out with the kind of guy that goes to that place because – we wouldn't have similar interests. Right. And he would probably make a lot of comments about checking out hot chicks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So do you know about Gamergate? I do not. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm not gonna get too deep into it. And anybody who's who knows a lot about it is probably gonna be insulted at how quickly I talk about it. Did you guys know that girls play video games? Yes. Whoa. Okay. I know. So there were there was a movement, kind of a feminist movement or a women's movement within the world of video gaming to make it a more comfortable space for women to play. Not to take anything away from anybody, but just to make it a place that's inviting for everybody. And uh, men started harassing female gamers in-game, in real life, on social media. And when I say harassing, I don't mean like, quit playing the game, you idiot. I mean like rape threats, death threats, calling the cops to their house, 
in real life swatting swatting called doxing which is releasing their personal information publicly on the internet so that people can find their house and call their personal phone numbers and a lot of people said it was a legitimate response because feminism was intruding on the space of gaming and that's the that's a, one example of a situation where people feel like losing privilege is an actual loss because you didn't lose anything from women playing video games or from not being allowed to say derisive things in video games. You're just losing your privilege. You're not losing anything. So that's probably the most serious example until, of course, the Gillette ad. Which, Misty, are you ready to talk about? I am so ready to talk about this. I will tell you that the data is already telling us that it had a bigger impact on women than it did on men. And I don't know if that was the intention or not. Probably not. Bigger positive impact? Yeah. Okay. That more women are influenced by it in terms of whether or not they buy Gillette products. Because, you know, women do all the shopping. <laughs> the leading question, I think. I'm not going to take the bait. <laughs> there, is, there is Lady Gillette, right? Yeah, and it costs more than men's Gillette. The Me Too movement against sexual harassment. Is this the best a man can get? Is it? We can't hide from it. It's been going on far too long. We can't laugh it off. Who's the daddy? What I actually think she's trying to say making the same old excuses boys will be boys boys will be boys boys will be boys but something finally changed allegations regarding sexual assault and sexual harassment and there will be no going back because we we believe in the best in men men need to hold other men accountable smile sweetie come on to say the right thing, to act the right way. Bro, not cool, not cool. Some already are. In ways big and small. I am strong. I am strong. But some is not enough. It's not how we treat each other, okay? Okay. Because the boys watching today will be the men of tomorrow. So, Rick, did you feel personally attacked by that ad as a man? No, no, not personally attacked. What did you, what, I mean, what were your responses? So I, I watched this for the first time last night. I'd heard about it, didn't for whatever reason. But then so we gave I, you homework. You gave me homework and I watched it. And, you know, my first impression was, man, that's a really well done commercial. Like I was, I, before I even thought about the message about the way the way that you know portrayed men, I'm like, that's the music was great. Yeah, the vignettes were very, just very, very well done commercial. And then I, 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 I glance at the YouTube likes and dislikes, and it's underwater. It's like I think maybe half. Oh yeah, that's, it's 1.2 million thumbs down and six and 700 thousand thumbs up. Okay, yeah. so at- we all know the best of. The best of humanity is commenting on YouTube. Of well, course. but you know, it's 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 an indicator. It it's is. like how many retweets to re- there's like some retweets to replies. How You're many right, tweet yeah. gets is like yeah. tells you something. So it's not a popular video. And I'm like, well, you know, why isn't this popular? And I started thinking about it, like, well, okay, so we have a lot of men who feel like this is clearly anti man. Why is Gillette jumping in this? They have no business in this messaging. Mm-hmm. And I watched it again. 
just specifically for the what their the message for the for the the picture they were showing and you know some of the vignettes were a little bit overdone like the guy holding his friend back from walking after the girl that's a little bit you know like was he going to go attack her was he going to go say hey my my name is so and so but overall i think the message is positive and i think that it's not going to change many people's minds <laughs> But did it make you want to buy a razor? No. Well, so here's the thing. A lot of commercials, especially commercials for well-known products like insurance and razors, it's not about buying a new product. It's about brand loyalty. Right. And even though it didn't make you want to go buy a razor, it does seep into your unconscious when you go buy a razor the next time. Now, of course, there are a lot of people who are now going to grow beards and never shave again as a result. And that's what they're saying online. Mm -hmm. Or buy shtick or something else. Right. And I mean, it makes a point. And I think it makes a very clear point. They're saying, we're not saying all dudes are doing this. We're saying some dudes are doing this. You know, there's a lot of people saying, Gillette's calling all men horrible. And they're commenting on like a video of a soldier doing something and saying, This guy risked his life to storm the building and save so many innocent people with daring, aggression, stoicism, and dominance. How long before Gillette and the Twitter PC mob attack him for displaying toxic masculinity? And again, traditional masculinity and toxic masculinity are two different things. Being strong and brave and stoic are fine. Thinking that you have to be that way in order to be a man is toxic. Yes. I mean, y'all know I'm all in support of capitalism, right? But... I don't know if we need to get our moral values from corporations. I don't know if the the razor company is where I want this message to be coming from. Where else would it come from? Educators, politicians, TV shows. Have you heard politicians lately? Some of them aren't terrible. And our TV shows are the Big Bang Theory. (laughs) You know what? But there's other shows out there that you could choose to watch that have better representation in them. Absolutely. And there are a lot of shows that don't shy away from focusing episodes on important issues. I mean, the first one that comes to mind is Blackish. They're very, I mean, almost every episode addresses a specific cultural issue in some way. And I will say this is not like Aquafina, Bottle Water, that's making this message. This is a company that slogan was the best a man can get. And they cater, I'm guessing mostly men buy their products. Yeah. Either Gillette's shaving cream, Gillette razors, whatever it is. So it's not out of nowhere to have this type of message. It, it is kind of a let's get on the bandwagon, the the Me Too bandwagon. Yes. Yeah. And I, I get that, but I don't think it's like they don't have the right to do this. They're in the ballpark of this conversation. Now, I do like that the Jeanette Gillette company announced that they're going to be donating money to causes and nonprofits that they think back these ideas. Mm-hmm. They're going to be about $3 million. So I think that's good. Mm-hmm. I just, anytime you have a corporation that released something like this, I think you have to keep in mind that they're doing it for an economic reason. Absolutely. Sure. But they're also, they're also saying our audience is men. Mm-hmm. We're selling products to men. And there are multiple ways to address men. And I think that they are acknowledging that some of their previous advertising was contributing to the toxic notion that men are have to be stereotypically manly. And so they're acknowledging it and they are addressing it in a different way. I don't think it's their responsibility, but I also think that if you say we're addressing men in our ads, what's the most responsible way to address men? This is it. You know, but Misty does bring up a good a good point, though. That why do this? Because they may have thought that the response was going to be better, maybe, right? But it's it's a gamble. This is, and I, I did see their sales are dropping. You have the Dollar Shave Club. You have all these like monthly. By the way, Dollar Shave Club had a had a Twitter reply to the Gillette ad. Did you guys see there? No, I didn't see it. Welcome to the club, which got. 
got a lot of, you know, retweets yeah. and favorites. Yeah. So it's all they're marketing back and forth. But it, it, it was a gamble. And yeah, there were some economic reasons and it could be because they're trying to save the company. But why do you think they took this risk? Is there anything besides economic yeah, they would do this. yeah, I think they're trying to get into the popular culture conversation. I think they were intentionally doing something risky because they're so, I mean, because other people are competing with their business and this is how you get people to talk about you. And lots of companies do this. Pepsi tried to do it, if you remember, with the Kendall Jenner Pepsi stops mm, yeah. it. And some and companies, lots of companies do it wrong. So, I mean, if your goal is to be controversial and get talked about a lot, at least they did it well. At least they did it responsibly. Well, and the other thing I would say to people is before you just buy into a campaign like you saw on this one, I would go look up their pack because they have a pack. It's the Procter & Gamble pack. And see where they're donating money to politically. And that's another way to see where this company really falls. So you can go through and you can find who they're supporting in your state if they're supporting anybody. And you can find out if those people are people who align with your Exactly. Values. And but I mean, go do some research. Don't just watch an ad and think, oh, you know, whatever. This is good or this is bad. <laughs> you want to know something else I read on Twitter, though, when I was looking up stuff for this? It's unrelated to the Gillette ad, but I think it kind of speaks exactly to what we're talking about. It's a dad who tweeted this. Oh, I saw this too. I'm at a Lego robotics tournament for my oldest son, and you've never seen this many depressed fathers in one place. We're all thinking other kids play football. It is probably the best encapsulation of toxic masculinity that anyone could ever ask for. And he's being serious. This is not a sarcastic right. tweet. That is correct. He's being serious. As far as we can tell. I mean, I don't know him personally. That but just yeah. sounds like he's... That's either a very, very sad tweet or a very, very sarcastic tweet. Like, it's not a bad sarcastic tweet. <laughs> if he's in trying to be sarcastic, right. that's actually pretty sarcasm. good. Yeah, it's funny if, it, if it's But a otherwise, joke. like, who would... He's a talk show radio personality. Jesse Kelly on 9.50. Oh, it's AM radio. Okay. In Houston. There you go. <laughs> okay. So it's, it's not, not even a podcast. It's not, sar- not sarcastic. Him. Yeah, and the thing is, like, Also you're... seen on NRA TV. Okay. So uh, oh. your, your kid is is competing in a robotics tournament, and I'll tell you Lame. right now, I don't know how to make a robot. I barely know how to build something out of Legos. So you could take the approach that you're proud of your child for their scientific accomplishment, but instead you're saying we're all sad because other kids play football. I'm going to guess that if your kid is at a Lego robotics competition, that means they can also read. So how sad for your kid yeah, that no they're kidding. reading what your dad is saying. That tweet to me is so – are we talking it's, – it's been retweeted a lot. Like, yes. That, okay, it's – it's almost like he's trying to own the libs or something. Like there's something going on there. It's that definitely trolling, right? Trolling, it's yeah. It's for sure trolling. Because I don't I think he's tongue in cheek. This is the most famous as... he has ever been, I'm gonna guess. <laughs> yeah. He's on AM radio, Misty. What are you talking about? NRA TV. I love how you are so kind and you're like, he can't mean it all the way. He just cannot mean it all the way. And I'm like, what a horrible person. I just I, I can't imagine someone saying that and be- believing that right like how how old is this kid did he, did he say that was he like a, a teenager i don't know okay not that that matters but uh, and i'll just say as a parent i would rather be at a lego robotics tournament yes. than a football game yes just in terms of ambiance and comfort level like it, and not to mention like athletic ability is remarkable but so is scientific and engineering abilities like they're both 
something that we can celebrate and to say, oh, I'm sad because my son's not playing football. He's into Legos and robots. It's like, this is how we end up with the Big Bang Theory. This is how we end up with nerds as the butt of every joke because they're not conforming to typical masculinity. And this is how we create a situation where men feel like they're not good enough because they're not adequately masculine. And think if the kid ever sees that tweet. Like, what's he going to think? He's, he's going to think he's not good enough. Yeah. Because he's not typically masculine enough. And he probably, you know, he probably know If this is how the dad is, he probably already knows that his dad feels that way. That, oh, yeah. You know. Okay, so tell us, academically speaking, what the norms, beliefs, and behaviors that that get associated with what we would call toxic masculinity are. All right, so these are coming from a 2017 article called Who's Afraid of Toxic Masculinity by Bryant Skoulos. And he's going to list those as, one, being hyper-competitive. Okay. Individualistic self-sufficiency. So I can do it myself. Asking for help is weak. And almost to the point of isolation. Okay. And and as the man, I have to be the breadwinner, the provider. Okay. Yes. Uh, a tendency towards the glorification of violence. So real or digital. Okay. So video games. Yes, exactly. Or Twitter threats. Sexist or misogynistic comments. Okay. So... Being paternal towards women, acting superior, superior to women, or generally flat out hatred. just hating them. Okay. Yes. Uh, rigid conceptions of gender or sexual identity and the roles they're in. So this is how straight men behave. Yes. It's a very specific set of actions. And you cannot deviate from that. Otherwise, you're gay or a woman. Yes. Okay. Heteronormativity. Okay. So that's the belief that what's normal is to be a straight cis man. And it's a fear of the other. So if you're not that, that's bad. Entitlement to sexual attention from women. Okay, so entitlement to the sexual attraction from women or viewing women as a sexual object. Okay. So objectifying them or thinking that because I'm a man and you're a woman. You are owed to me. Okay. The infantilization of women. Okay. So treating them as immature or lacking their own agency, but also idealizing that in women. Okay. So looking for and praising and holding up is the kind of helpless damsel in distress. Yes, exactly. Damsel in distress is a great way to say that. So looking for someone who's meek and youthful. Okay. Or I can't do it. Can you? I need a big, strong man to help me. Yes, exactly. Which I'll be honest, I can't open anything in my house. So I do and sometimes need a man to help me. But that that's not why my husband married me. No, that's why you married him. True. Yeah. We all need a person. Was there a test of we how many jars you can open <laughs> on the counter? A test of open strength. Open all these jars. Yeah, that was the, at my wedding, the test of strength. <laughs> what a man. Yeah. What a mighty good man. <laughs> all right. And so I want to skip down here to sayings that we all have and know. Yes. That go along with this. So this is where, as Because I don't think anybody walks around saying, I'm going to objectify women. Right. I hope. Right. So this is where feminists can ruin your life. We're just going to ruin things. Common everyday expressions. Boys Boys will be boys. Boys will be boys. Number one, it separates gender role expectations between boys and girls. Yes. It normalizes violence. Because a lot of times when people say it, it's when two boys are fighting each other. Mm Mm-hmm. People also say it when boys do things like pull girls' hair. Because it means he likes you. Right. And so it normalizes the idea that a boy can do something negative to elicit your positive attention. But also teachers of young children tend to treat their female students and their male students differently, or at least to have different expectations of them. And when boys 
have loud outbursts in class or they can't sit still. It's just boys will be boys. It's boys will be boys. And girls are expected to be able to sit still and be quiet for longer periods of time than boys are. And this is a subconscious behavior. I mean, we learned about this when I was learning to be a teacher. A subconscious behavior. Boys are or more... There's more permission for boys to yell things out in class and girls are expected to raise their hand. Mm-hmm. All those kinds of things that we put in boys will be boys. When in fact, we should say a person will be who they are and certain behaviors like violence should be off limits. Well, and the other thing that that phrase does is if you're not that type of a boy. Exactly. It puts you outside of the normal range for what a boy you should be. You are abnormal. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, man up. You like that one? Yes. Man no. Up. Real men do X, Y, or Z. Real men don't cry. Real men open jars. Right. If if I can't open a jar in my house, it's fine. I'll ask my husband to do it. But if a man can't open a jar, it can be kind of upsetting for them. That is true. Right? That's very true. It makes you feel like you're not good enough. I will... <laughs> if the jar is hard to open, my wife will do the same thing sometimes. She'll try first herself. And of course, she can't open it right, ladies. Um... <laughs> That's she, another one of our phrase. All right, ladies. Really? It is. Well, luckily that was tongue in cheek. Um, <laughs> if if I can't open a jar within the first like second or two, like there, I will try nothing harder in my life than to open that jar. You'll end up with a hernia. Yeah. <laughs> How did you know? And then not admit that you have an injury. I'm, yeah. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm going to um, man up. But it's because you up. feel like you have to right, be able to right. do it. Otherwise, you are not a man. I mean, the idea of having a man card, the idea of manning up, and then when we when you do something poorly and someone says you did it like a girl, that is like an injury to your pride right. or your self-definition. And when coaches call the members of their teams ladies, ladies. all right, ladies, yeah. or when you fumble a ball and someone says, are you on your period to a man, right, the insinuation is that you're weak. And that you're not living up to your expectations. And so that lovely coach gets to insult both men and women. Right. It's inclusive. <laughs> She's right. That's <laughs> what we're striving for. <laughs> Being inclusive. Go make me a sandwich. I hate this one. This one makes me so well, irrationally Go make me a sandwich. Angry. Yeah. Yeah, that, that one's, I mean. Shut up. Go make me a sandwich, Rick. Yeah, I mean, it, isn't that insulting? Yeah, isn't that one? I mean, a lot of these I can still see happening today. Mostly with kids, but this one is that one still around? I, I think it's on uh, Twitter. I bet if I searched on Twitter, it has been tweeted probably twenty in, in a serious times or in a derogatory no, it's just, way. It's a way to derail a woman from making a statement. Yeah, I, I have seen that before. I it, was, it's, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, that one's th- those stand out to me. I'm like, God, that's just mean. Like, I, not that these other ones are not mean, but that one's like, and and to me, it makes you me have think, to go out of your way to be intentionally mean right, with that right, one. Right, number right. one, the phrase itself is problematic, but number two. Why do you feel like you have to say it? So the last time I saw someone say, go make me a sandwich, was a girl or a woman playing football on like a high school or a collegiate team. And all of the comments on the internet were, go back to the kitchen. I bet she'd get a punt return if it was on a stove. Go make me a sandwich. And so all of those comments are horribly inflammatory and problematic. But also, why do you feel like you have to say it? What is intimidating or injuring to you when you see a female performing what you think of as a masculine activity. So already like the toxic masculinity has built up so high inside you that you feel like a girl playing football is injurious to you. 
That that is a good question. What what makes men so afraid when they see a woman doing a man's job? I don't job know if it's fear or if it's anger. Maybe both. I mean, I think they're they're angry because they're scared. But and when it comes to playing football, I, I don't know. Like my norms are being shattered before my eyes. Is that what they're angry I mean, about? It's the same as Gamergate, right? Like, right. This is not for this is for girls. Or like, if you're a fan of sports for girls, you better be a super fan. You can't be a casual fan because you better know all oh, the stats as a female. Yeah, yeah. Does this go back to maybe the whole tribal thing? But we're talking maybe gender tribes here, where the guys feel like we got to be on on the same page, guys. This is not a girl thing. If you are privileged then equality feels like you've lost. And so women are invading video games and women are reading comic books and women are playing football. And they have nothing left. Right. Yeah. And and the problem is that it hurts women, but it also hurts men. Because what about men who want nothing to do with sports? What about men who want to have long hair and even maybe put it in a bun? What about men who carry their possessions in a bag that looks like a purse? Why do we call it a man purse? Why don't we just call it a purse or a bag? It's it's injurious to everybody because there are men who don't conform to the typically masculine gender roles. And those men feel like they're not good enough or they have to try harder or they're failures. So I think everything you're saying is true. But I think the men yes. who engage in these... I'm just going to play that on a end loop. Of, end of show. <laughs> But I think men who engage in those activities are not going to be convinced by your argument that allowing women into those spaces is going to somehow benefit them. So, again, social scientists have studied this. Yeah. And these are the negative effects on men. So, nothing to do with women. Okay. This is just how this affects men. Yeah. They don't live as long. True. But that's because they're always drinking beer and smoking cigars. Excuse me? <laughs> they have a harder time making or maintaining fulfilling friendships. That's, I mean, just anecdotally from my experience, it's very true. It's easy for girls or women to meet someone and say, within two days, we're best friends now. Like, dudes are even afraid to be like, hey, do you want to go get a beer later? Right? Because then it's like a mandate. Right. Why do we call it a mandate? I'm just telling you, that's what Can we just stop putting the word man in front of anything? Man bun, man purse, man date, man hug. Just take the man out. Men commit suicide at higher rates, especially men who engage in these kind of activities. As far as societal effects, and I don't know how much y'all want to get into this one, but studies have shown that school shooters are likely to be tied to a masculinity crisis. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's important. I think it's part of the conversation, but I think I don't know enough about it. But, but I mean, rejection killings are real. So so men who feel like I'm entitled to a woman's affections and if I am rejected, then I am going to kill her. That's a real thing. Yeah. And or um, maim her in some other way. Absolutely. So nobody else will want her because you see the world through stereotypes and generalizations. Mm-hmm. And I'm no longer a successful in my role as a man if I don't have the affections of a traditionally attractive woman. Of course, one of the biggest effects of toxic masculinity is homophobia. Yes. And internalized homophobia for for people who are gay or transgender. 
who feel like they cannot be who they are because of what we expect from men or people who are born as men. Professionally, problematic as well. So the Bureau of Labor Statistics tells us that blue collar jobs are disappearing rapidly in our country. The kind of job that we are needing more and more of are service sector jobs in healthcare. So lower skilled nurses, healthcare technicians, patient care technicians, those are growing. We need more of them. And as our population um, ages, Absolutely. we're going to need even more. We, the baby boomers are just getting older. So men are not willing overall, obviously not individual men, but men are not willing to take what they consider to be women's work jobs because those jobs are devalued, both socially and economically. They don't pay as well as blue collar jobs and they're not worth as much socially because jobs traditionally held by women are underpaid because they're things women are doing. Number two, men don't want to be associated with lady jobs. Traditional views of masculinity are part of why male workers are avoiding what is now being referred to as a pink collar job. Don't you love that? So it's traditional masculinity is standing in the way of men being willing to take those jobs. That's a way economically and socially that it's ma- it's manifesting itself. And I mean, when these men are interviewed, they explicitly say that's a job for a woman. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a huge problem. Look at the the nursing students, not even the nurses. I mean, it's just by glancing 7% women, 80% oh, women. Oh, for sure. And, you know, I, I and it occurs to me, you know, whenever students are discussing their career paths, most the most common answer is nursing. Um, and it's because most of our students are women, at, at least at Trinity River. I mean, yeah. it's, you know, um, and I don't know if guys are even thinking about the nursing program. They may be thinking about medicine in other ways, not just doctors, but research or whatever. Pharmacy. Pharmacy is a big one now. But, um, yeah, and I think there's a lot of issues that men are facing, number one. They think it's a woman's job. Number two, they're worried that even if they do it, they become a nurse. They would interact with people who are like, "You're a nurse," and they would right. have they would have that yeah. problem, yeah, of of you know being embarrassed or whatever it yeah. is, having to say, "I'm not a doctor. I'm a yeah. nurse." Yeah, yeah. I mean, think about the pop culture reference. Meet the parents, right? Yes, Fokker, yeah, male nurse, and that was ridiculed. Yeah, and he would defend himself, sort of, yeah, in a way. But he would also He's, kind of admit that it's a weak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's kind of perpetuated. So yeah, I think that's, and I don't, I don't know how you change that. I don't know what you do to the Gillette ad alone is not going to convince men to be a nurse. It hasn't solved all of our problems. No, huh. what were they? Yeah, I wish, I wish it would, but yeah, I don't know what what you would do to convince men that have. And I let me let me say one more thing. I don't think that these are necessarily men that have toxic masculinity problems. It may just be something in their mind that says, "Well, that's." Not a job for me. I think that's what we talked about with our crime fighting episode, right? It just doesn't occur to women sometimes to go into law enforcement. Right. It's just a lack of imagination almost. Right. Right. And I think it's the same thing that we're seeing, but in reverse. Yeah. And these are not, and like you're saying, these are not necessarily men who are like whistling on at women on the street and doing a lot of toxic, socially damaging behaviors. Actively, yeah. But they have this ingrained in their mind that there is, that there is an acceptable set of jobs for men. Right. Right. So I have an answer for what would help. That's feminism. Yeah. I mean, we're here for men, too. Oh, we didn't ask Rick our question. No, go ahead and ask him. Are you a feminist? Yes. So we're proud of you. Thank you. Before I came (laughs) on this lovely podcast, I, I thought about feminism and I looked up various definitions. I talked to my wife about it, too. And um, smart man. Well, and I think one of the major issues with feminism is there's not a 
a clear definition, I guess, or a lot of people don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. They have a misrepresentation of it or they think it's something else when it's really this. So if the feminism that we're all talking about here is gender equality and that movement towards gender equality, then yeah, I'm a feminist. But if it's the Urban Dictionary, I would... No, no, we we don't approve. (laughs) Because I I did look at the Urban Dictionary and like the first five definitions are all very negative towards feminism. Maybe it's more than the first five, but it's like it's. That's where it's, you stopped reading. That's where I said, yeah. I yeah, like, I'll just say this: toxic, toxic masculinity has overtaken Urban Dictionary, many parts of Reddit, not all of it, but many parts of Reddit, lots yeah. of Twitter, and almost all of YouTube, as far as I can tell. I'm yeah. tracing it like a virus. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm a feminist because I do think for women and men, it's the best state of mind, and I think it is a state of mind of of. Just, of course, men and women are, are equal and should be equal, but also recognizing that women are not treated equally. And how can we fix that? And, and also, yeah, men aren't either, right? I right, mean, right. Even, even if you think about sexual assault, we have changing notions of it, but people still, still think it's acceptable socially to make jokes about men going to prison and not dropping the soap. I mean, right. that's a joke about sexual assault that people are openly happy to make all over Society and culture. Right. Men who get sexually assaulted are supposed to respond in a different way. And even now, Terry, well, I mean, we're not talking about Terry Crews yet, but people are always like, why didn't you break that guy's jaw? Right. Well, you know, even when it comes, so that's, you know, men and men, but even women that abuse men. Yeah. It, it, yes. it happens quite a bit. And it's, you know, women underreport their own domestic violence with men, but men greatly yes. underreport Absolutely. when their girlfriend, wife. Because it's a personal failing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's how they had seen. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, I, yeah, I, you know, they're, they're treated differently in different, different ways. Yeah. Un- unequally in different ways. Yeah. So I want to say this. Jessica Valenti is a New York Times columnist, and she was asked, and she writes about feminism a lot, and she was asked recently about reaching men with the feminist movement and she said this is a quote i don't really care about reaching men anymore it's exhausting it's demeaning it's absurd that a woman should have to persuade someone else of her humanity which is remember what feminism is actually about that's not to say i don't think men's support is necessary for women to make real progress it is but men can and should figure out for themselves how to be a true ally to women without creating more work for us Right now, we are living under the most explicitly misogynist president in modern history in a country where an accused sexual abuser was just appointed to the Supreme Court. Women are being killed for saying no to men. Ohio has passed a bill that makes abortion a crime if the fetus has a heartbeat. And the wage gap is actually much wider than we originally thought. Men, if you see all this and still require convincing, why in the world would we want you on our side? How can we trust a person who can look at the victim blaming and backlash, the discrimination and bigotry, and still not be sure that feminism is necessary? A lot to unpack there. (laughs) Um, She's right in that, you know, you're not going to convince a lot of men. You know, I I think that that's – going back to the Gillette ad, that's not going to change a lot of men's minds. But if you start younger, you know, if you start having teachers, not trained, but have them – Aware. Yeah, aware of these – not stereotypes, but the way you're treating the genders differently – I think that it's like an investment. It's not going to happen overnight. Yeah. So if she wants to write off men who are not listening or changing, I'm okay with that. But I think we do need to change the way we're 
we're treating genders at an early age. Absolutely. Because that kind of sets it, like you said, subconsciously. Well, I think we need to celebrate men who get it, right? I mean, not like we should throw them parades or anything. Sure. Yeah. But, I mean, I think it needs to be acknowledged there are men who are feminists. And they should be represented and their voices should be heard and included just like females' voices should be heard and included in this movement. Yeah, and and the question, do feminists need dudes, is different than the question, do dudes need feminism? Yes. The answer to both is yes. But yeah, I mean, if you are a man who cries but feels like you can't let someone see you cry, if you're a man who has problems admitting when you need help, if you have trouble making friendship, if your wife makes more money than you and that makes you feel bad about yourself, if you feel like you have to be taller than the woman you marry... Because that's a thing. Yeah. Um, If you get asked the question, who wears the pants in your marriage, and that makes you feel crummy, all of those men need feminism as well. Right. It's patriarchy that tells dudes they cannot help themselves. So I have a quote that goes along with that. So this is Don McPherson, who is a former Philadelphia Eagles quarterback. Okay. So if you think if there's somebody who's going to align with masculine masculine behavior, it's going to be this guy, right? This is testifying before the House Subcommittee on Commerce, Trade, and Consumer Protection. Mm-hmm. My favorite committee. Yes. yes. It's a good one. And he's talking about the um, behaviors associated with male sports and particularly with college athletes. He said, masculinity is a performance. It's an act. We don't raise boys to be men. We raise boys not to be women or to be gay men. We don't affirm what loving a man is. We're not supposed to be effeminate or care or love or be sensitive. And it's all utter BS because we are all of these things. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. Someone should get that tattooed. It's going to be a long tattoo. (laughs) Well, I mean, even what if you like to cook? I mean, I know Gordon Ramsay's and and other famous male chefs are kind of changing that. Guy Fieri, hello. But no. (laughs) His birthday was just yesterday, Allegra. (laughs) How do you know that? It was yesterday. (laughs) But even like depicting men, what if men want to stay home and raise children? And while their wife works, but they feel like they can't do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, and even their own fathers sometimes perpetuate this mm-hmm. notion, right? Mm-hmm. There's a spectrum of behaviors that you can perform, and there is no one way to be a man. I mean, what if you want to be an interior designer? Then the assumption is that you're gay. Or a flight attendant. Right. People just like those jobs sometimes. They're just good at the jobs. Honestly, that sounds like a really cool job, except for dealing with passengers. But everything else, really, so the, just the free flying, the flying around, the free flying around. Yeah, and, that's that's doing the, this. Yeah, free flying. Free Misty's flights. doing the uh, free, exit, yeah. the emergency exit. They they have videos for that now. Oh, so they don't even have you do flown recently? Have you flown recently? Yeah, yeah, but um, I fly Spirit. Spirit. <laughs> no, so so they don't even give you safety they, regulations. No. <laughs> There's not even seatbelts. They're like figure you're it standing, out. You're standing up. Yeah. the entire time. Yeah, it's fine. You know, on chair, just stapled to the plane. Ten floor. of the seats. Ten of the seats have seatbelts. First one gets there, you win. Right. No, you pay for those, Allegra. That's how spirit oh, is, right? You, you pay for the, you pay for everything. You pay for everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I think Hollywood. Uh, if they had more, you know, movies, and they are start, they usually do start these trends. If they had more sensitive male leads and characters, like that, Tom Hanks. Oh, I wasn't going to go there, but if you want to go there, uh, yeah, I mean, it's people that you know break these stereotypes, break these traditional male mm-hmm. female gender roles. I think. And to me, like, that's not a message. Like, I think a lot of people get turned off by a celebrity tweet or a a commercial. If it's like a movie, a story, it gets into your mind without feeling like you're lectured to. Yeah. I think people are more amenable to that than they are to 
a 30-second Gillette ad or however long that ad Yeah, was. and again, that's why Wonder Woman was important for yeah. female representation. And Black Panther was for... Absolutely, the, people of color. Yeah. yeah. I mean, feminists think that men should have the freedom to explore life beyond rigid boundaries of traditional masculinity and choose whatever aligns with your values and your interests. I mean, my husband is growing his hair to be a little bit longer and it keeps flopping in his face. So I gave him a headband and his sister saw him and made fun of him like endlessly for wearing a headband inside his own house. And so it's from little things to big things. Men are being ridiculed and chipped away at for not conforming to gender stereotypes the same way women are. It's just that men's gender stereotypes are powerful. So it's seen a little bit differently. Do you hug your male friends? Some of them. Do you guys get weird about it? No. Do you do side hugs or front hugs? It depends on the friend. I do have some front hug friends. But, I mean, like, friends I've known for, like, you know, yeah. like, through school and college. Do you talk about being sad to your friends? Again, my close friends. Okay. Yeah. Is that a violation of the bro code? All of this is yeah. violating the bro code. Yeah. What? I mean, <laughs> your friends do I lose my Do I lose my man card? I, it's gone. Oh, God. I mean, somebody should punch you in the arm and tell you you're gay now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... If for me, it's not a matter of if it's a guy or a woman. It's like, am I close to this person? What do we talk about? Do I trust them? Yeah, I kind of. I mean, but, you know, there's I only my wife, I think, or family I give close hugs to. Right. When sure. comes to women. Okay. bro code. Who comes up with this stuff? Bros. <laughs> okay. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. It's a, patri- you a, it's a patriarchy. I was, it would shock you. I was not in a frat. <laughs> it's a patriarchy. So it's a social, it's a bunch of social norms created by men. So go to your next man meeting. Take it up with them. It is coming up. Yeah. Make sure it's on the agenda. Make sure you don't shave. No. Especially use a shick razor if you have to shave. Yeah. So I think we've looked at this in a bunch of different ways from academic studies and historically. But I think we like to end on generally positive and happy notes if we can. If we can. Sometimes it's difficult. It is. Especially coming off the murderers episode last week. Not a lot to celebrate there. I think we did well. Um... (laughs) I mean, the, the the idea here is we always say women are people. And, and progress, not perfection. And I think we're getting more of the idea that men are people. Yes. So what do you see that makes you feel positively about this? Well, what is getting better? There are lots of shows that do a good job of representing men in more diverse roles. Staying home, raising kids. Even commercials where men do laundry competently. Yes. You know what I mean? They've just passed a law in the United Kingdom that all advertising must not be harmful to genders. Nice. Yes. And I I would love to see that here. It's not going to happen, but I would love to see that. Yeah. It influences how we look at the world, right? Absolutely. If I only ever see women on TV doing Absolutely. laundry, then I don't imagine a man doing laundry. As simple as that sounds. No, it's the truth. I mean, we it's the same as representation of any other kind. Exactly. What you see is what you is how you form your paradigm. And if the paradigm is men can't do laundry and men are helpless at domestic tasks, then that's what you grow up thinking even small things like commercials but also you know there are lots of tv shows that are doing a good job of kind of changing the conversation i think to me what really speaks to progress is to look at satires 
Because if we're starting Absolutely. to poke fun at something, yes. it's already the straw man that is falling down. Yes. So I know I talk about this show all of the time. But Crazy Ex-Girlfriend just did a whole thing on sports analogies mm-hmm. and that being the way that men communicate their feelings. Yeah. We're down for the count. It's down to the wire. We can't drop the ball. We gotta aim a little higher. Because when we're on the ropes and it's our turn at bat, we gotta throw a Hail Mary. Gotta go to the mat. Sports analogies, sports analogies. We found the common ground in all men's personalities. We talk a big game, that's how we relate. It's the easiest way for men to communicate. Hike! And at the end of the song, they kind of throw this joke in there. And we do this because our dads never hugged us. And we make it seem like we're sad about the sports. But we're not really crying about the game at all. Who really cares about a game of basketball? We're sad about our dads. We couldn't talk to our dads. Unless we used sports analogies, sports analogies. Men feel safe with these empty generalities. So I think that that... When you start to poke fun at it, you start to point out, well, maybe this is wrong. And yeah, maybe we I mean, can do that's better. what that's what satire does. Yes. It is pointing to flaws in a society, and if we are allowing satire to be broadcast, that means that we are acknowledging that something exists. Yeah, even shows like The Good Place, where Kristen Bell, I mean, she plays like an aggressive An Arizona trash bag is what she calls herself. She plays someone who's very aggressive, who curses all the time, who gets in fights, physical fights all the time, um, who thinks school's for nerds, right? All of these things that we would associate as being typically masculine traits. And then Chidi is a very non-violent passive, intellectual, gentle, soft-spoken. And he's exhibiting what we might consider traditional, traditionally female or feminine character traits. Well, in, in both of those cases, it's unremarkable. Exactly. It, it just is who they are. And until someone like me just points it out to you, you don't even think about it. But it's doing a, jo- it's doing a good job of just changing the way we see things. So yes. Kristen Bell can just curse and be kind of aggressive and Chidi uh, can be an intellectual. Cry over the fact that he's his almond milk. Right. Exactly. And there, I mean, there's another character. Tahani? Tahani. I mean, she's a kind of traditionally a feminine character. So it's not like they're just trying to flip everything on its head. They're just showing there's a whole spectrum of ways to be. And Tahani wants to wear nice dresses and she wants to have garden parties. And Jason is... I think an anomaly of all kinds. Another great example in that show is Michael. Yeah. um, Because he's learning how to be human. Yeah. And they never say, oh, you can't do that because you're a man. You can't have feelings. You can't cry because you're a man. Right. Yeah, that's true. They're not. All emotions are emotions. So, I mean, that's a good example of things heading in the right direction. Absolutely. In addition to Brooklyn Nine-Nine helping us change the conversation just a little bit. I mean, and again, it's fine if who you are and who you want to be is someone who works out and... Right, because there's not, again, there's not one way to be female. There's not one way to be male. Right. And nobody's saying that you shouldn't be 
traditionally masculine in your traits or behaviors or habits or profession, but we are saying it's also okay to have feelings, to cry, to have a purse, to hug your friends, to talk about what's going on in your life. Well, and I think we're also saying think about yourself holistically. Yeah. Stop dividing yourself into pieces of the pie. Right. And that's why we have to stop saying man hug, right? And just say you're hugging your friend. Yes. I think we've solved all the problems. We have. I also think I've said the term man hug like a hundred times. Rick, what's next in your dude life? Next in my dude life, in exactly 17 minutes, I'll be teaching the federal government to 35 unhappy phases. <laughs> and I'll be discussing toxic masculinity and defending I'll be defending it. I'll be using Obviously. your your arguments. I'm gonna show him I'm gonna show him an episode of the Big Bang Theory and, oh, and then and then Family Guy. <laughs> and oh, family Lord. Guy. And then Save by the Bell, that's that's about an hour and a half. And that'll be good. Yeah, that's your class. And we'll talk about that. Okay. <laughs> thanks, guys. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Thanks, girls. Oh, oh, oh. Hey, Misty. Yes. What's next in your lady life? So I just got the email that I'm going to get to be on the committee to help select which proposals are going to the 2019 Civic Learning and Democratic Engagement Meeting in Florida. That sounds like the most boring email to ever have been received. I was really excited when I opened it. Good for you. We're happy for you. Thanks. Allegra, what's next in your lady life? I am going to help my sister-in-law plan her bridal shower, Ooh, which is fun. Now that I think about it, a very typically feminine. <laughs> typically feminine activity, but I'm excited. It'll be fun. Cool. It's raining Thank you for listening to this episode of Profess Hers, our podcast about seeing movies, culture, and history through our lady eyes. I'm Misty, and I'm a female historian. And I'm Allegra, and I'm a female department chair. We'd love to hear from you what you thought about today's episode, which you'd like us to discuss in future episodes, or how great you think we are. Pretty great. To connect with us, you can follow us on Twitter at Profess Hers, P-R-O-F-E-S-S-H-E-R-S, or by email, same address, professors at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you to everyone who has been listening, commenting, liking, and reviewing our podcast. Please keep doing all those things, and we hope you recommend our podcast to a friend. And remember, we rise by lifting others. Dreams.